Hello, and welcome to the Euphoria podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and SoundCloud. This week, we're going to be talking about the fall of Fnatic and XL, SK Gaming, upcoming best of threes, and predicting the top four. I'm Dracos, joining me is Cadrill, and our special guest to give us the nitty-gritty insight into surging superstar SK Mm. is none other than Swiffer. That was a lot of thank you for having that was me. really good. You yeah, like that alliteration? Like yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Wiz. That's what I needed. Gas me up. Um, <laughs> welcome, Swiffer. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's good to have you on, man. You are, I think a lot of people in this new era of League of Legends might not be super familiar with your, your kind of history. Mm-hmm. They might look at you exclusively as former academy coach, now, you know, head coach of, of SK. Yep. But um, can you, can you like introduce yourself to... To Mark world. here, you know, this little yeah, legal each Actually, when I met Mark, I'll start with this. When yeah. I met Mark, actually, because I that just reminded me of something. Yeah. Do you remember when we met? Was it when you were coaching Excel Academy? Right, or like right as I was brought over to like get introduced no. and like the facility not and everything. Not the exact same, not the exact moment. Okay, I what? do because oh, no. that day we went go-karting. Oh my God, I, I almost killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I almost exactly, killed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I w- and I was like really nervous because I was just transitioning from player yeah, to coach. Just came and over and like to I just England. got to the UK yeah. and everything. And then Cadrill ran me off the cart. Like I ran me off the uh, Okay, so we were circuit. going go-karting, right? And these go-karts <laughs> were like going pretty quick, about 60 MPH, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then- That's just a 60 car, KPH, KPH, right? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, and we're, we're, going, we're going down this straight. <laughs> And I don't know who it is. Everyone's just got helmets on. Like, I don't know who's who. And like, I think he went around the outside of me or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't remember. And he, this guy tried to go around the outside of me uh, down the straight. <laughs> and for some reason, I just like drift into him I, and just I took want, him out. I yeah. want you to know that you were just another piece of competition. I, 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 I couldn't I tell who I you were. Yeah. But the worst thing <laughs> it didn't is, matter. I remember I it like, killed I anyone. Like, I was like, he really doesn't want me here, does he? I remember <laughs> it so well because I remember hitting him and then looking back and seeing this, the this like outline of a man go into the tires and just go do, 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 like these tires just constantly hitting him yeah. and i'm like i've killed him yeah. so i instantly just stop on the pits and i get out and i'm like is he what happened like he's just still sitting there and, and i'm just they, like looking at the ground like i what have i done what yeah. have i done and then luckily he came out with like loads of bruises. okay I'm, I'm sorry i don't know what the etiquette on a go-kart track is so hold on to here you watched him crash thought he was dead and then your answer was to stand there and wait to see well, what happens. Not, there were some people like looking after him already. Like I don't know what I can yeah. do. You know, like he was in mourning. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think, think, yeah. Maybe I should have like gone around again and then got out next to him or something. I was just run along the side of the track. Me, who's never had an injury before, I was like, my ribs are broken. I think <laughs> he just all these tires went into his ribs. Yeah. And like, oh my god. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, that brings back memories. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, before that, <laughs> before, before you were almost incident, murdered by Cadrill. Got it. Yeah. Um, no, bad. I was a player in Australia for, uh, I guess, like five or six. Wait, hang on. What year was that? Mm, yeah, about six years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like, I went to a, like a lot of international tournaments, wildcard tournaments, right? Um, never actually progressed into like the, never progressed to Worlds, which is something that. Same. Haunts you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we're here now. Anyway. To but, be yeah. fair, for people who don't know, before plans was a thing, uh, there was international wildcard qualifiers. And that's what you played in. So the equivalent of plans. So by modern standards, you would have made worlds. You just never made worlds group stage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I'm just a player for a long time. Bro, you're really underselling yourself. Mm, okay, so either? the thing is, if you don't care about Oceanic League of Legends, maybe this doesn't matter to you. But this was, he's a member of the, like, the OG, like, superstar dynasty 
Australia yeah. lineup. So you have this prolific Australian esports history. Now you're coming in. You're coaching, uh, you know, a team that historically has found middling success. Mm. Depends on how far back you want to look. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm, in recent yeah. years, has found okay. middling success. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, if we want to go back to before they were SK and they were the whatever the shrapnel commandos or whatever it was back in the. It was 2011 or 12, I think SK was like. Yeah. Anyway, TLDR, you guys are popping now. And we'll talk more about your team in a little bit. But first, I just want to talk about your last week. I think you guys were locked on Saturday um, based on other people's results and obviously yep. on your on your results as well. Uh, but coming in your final game against Fnatic, you guys were smashing. Exekick mm-hmm. showing up, solo killing Reckless. Yep. Big banger. Like, how is the, what is it like right now for you guys behind the scenes? How are you feeling after this? I would say pretty big success. Yeah, I would say I would say that as well. Um, I also like it's it's kind of weird because obviously the community expectation wasn't wasn't particularly high. Um, going into it after the few weeks that we had of boot camp and everything in December and January and mm-hmm. preseason and all of that stuff, I think the expectations that we set for ourselves were actually rather high. Um, and so having a having like the having these types of games or whatever i think obviously we celebrate the wins yeah um but we're also aware that they're not like the the cleanest games or anything like that Mm. and i think that the players as well have like this it's crazy because they have like such high expectations for themselves um Mm. that whilst they were happy that obviously they won um it wasn't like we weren't like celebrating or anything. I they see. they recognized like that there were a lot of things that we could improve on. Yeah. 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 So what were those? What were those like sky high expectations? Were they as like nailed down? Like did you write them down on a list? Is it just they want to play as best as or the best that they can? Is it you want to finish top four? Like what 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 is the the goal of SK, let's say, this season? We didn't really write down like anything particularly. I think I think that as the preseason went on, the expectations just kind of rose higher and higher um not too i I would yeah like top four top five i would say um i think that coming into it we we would have been happy to kind of to make like seventh eighth i think at the beginning of the year Mm. um and then yeah given the relative success in scrims i guess like and then which also kind of fed into like us under felt feeling like we underperformed a lot during week one right um those expectations coming in i think really kind of affected the players a lot and also new players on stage like yeah, yeah, yeah. not used to like the lec or anything like that or the pressure or anything like that i think a lot of that kind of just got to us as a team yeah. in week one how was yeah. the off season was it because you basically imploded mm. the whole team and built it yep. all around certus yeah i can imagine that was a really stressful off season and finding the right players or like being competitive oh, on the market also and, if yeah. you're keeping track we're just going to do the sk topic now if you're oh, at home and you're yeah. following along with my order of operations we're in we're in deep i was just like i, I shouldn't have asked the first question because now we're just in it now we're talking about sk we'll get oh. we're going to talk about fanatic you drama thirsty bastards <laughs> waiting it's gonna come you can skip ahead in the timestamps. this is sk power hour now yeah. Yeah. let's talk about sk the, so sorry continue the off season yeah, yeah. How, how was the off season like because obviously you had you know give oh. and a lot and of your treats and yeah stuff like that but everyone was just thrown out Certus was kept yeah uh, and you had to kind of build around him is yeah. this the direction you wanted to go in in terms of like inexperienced players like rookies just try something new yeah or I did think, you want more of a veteran roster you think um i think we initially had the idea of having uh at least like a veteran in the yeah. roster um mm-hmm. and we 
pushed for that during the off season, which, whichever role it would have been. Um, there were a lot of like free agents that we that we spoke to and everything like that. At the end of the like at the end of the day, obviously, I mean there were a lot of interviews, right? A lot of interviews, a lot of calls. Had to turn like, down just, Baker. Yeah, I mean it was just ruler. I was, like, guys, I was yeah. like, guys, we need. We all need to speak the same language. Sorry, we can't like. <laughs> yeah, can't I take really you. appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I, I get it. We, yeah, we could totally, yeah. No, you want to pay your own buyout because you want to come here. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it went. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like that. Um, but the initial kind of idea coming into it was find really hungry players, find like five grinders that all mm-hmm. share like the same mindset. Um, find people that value like a really good team environment and everything like that and see how it goes mm, interesting because yep. i think <clears throat> you look at like the way some rosters are built in the lc it's like who has achieved the most in the last year let's try and get them yeah and mm. let's work down that list of like highest achieving players and just throw them all together rather than just you know take x kick and dos yep. from from who won you must i think it was a couple splits ago um and have been top of the lfl and just take a risk and then not only that but also have a really inexperienced top laner, mm. have a mid laner who just came off the back of his first year and a jungler who has only been together for a, playing in the LEC for a year. Yeah. yeah, These are the rosters that I think are more interesting when they succeed because mm-hmm. it feels like really it's about either showing us, like when you look at this lineup and you see your success, people have to respect that either some players have surpassed expectations in a big way, which I think is the case, or yep. that a roster is stronger than the sum of its parts, which I think in SK's case is also probably mm-hmm. the case as opposed to other rosters in our league where they're either built out of superstar names or imports or like or recycling that one huge name or that one yeah. huge name and i think those are the rosters that feel often more like a known quantity like it feels way easier to lay expectations on them yep. whereas like phil can you show the tier list like we obviously uh did not give you that benefit of the doubt we put you down there next to bds mm, and c see that. um yep. c for <clears throat> I don't yeah. know. Charming. Very charming. <laughs> <laughs> Char- I don't know. I'm trying to redeem ourselves. Like, well, we did nah, say you would no make top eight. We did, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we weren't good. wrong. That's good. They yeah. did make top eight. Just in- I mean, one of them was not going to make top eight based on that list because the only person in the bottom was... Okay, anyway, I'm not I'm not here to say like mm-hmm. we, we... The point of this wasn't to embarrass ourselves, although we have been thoroughly embarrassed. Um, well played by your team. It was just to say like, this is a, these, these rosters are interesting, but always hard to know what to expect from. But yeah. I think these are the ones that I'm the most excited about because like the P word potential mm. is, is there for a lot of these players. The new stars of LEC have to come from somewhere. And uh, it's rare, I think in the case of SK, that we see a roster like this where it's built from different pieces, you know, some potential new names, um, you know, from the LFL, some names that had good okay ish years last year when you look at irrelevant marcoon certus mm-hmm. like to see you guys now thriving like this is i don't know it's always just one of the stories that excites me the most about a league when a roster that isn't expected to achieve um you know maybe the highest highs just based on names alone is already hitting the ground running oh yeah definitely and i'm just gonna say i just saw the flow and i scrolled down and i saw the sk discussion and i realized that was a lot later on and i've brought it up oh, no 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 but i started it. it's not your fault this okay, time. Okay. we have this running joke that cadrell I, I i spend like the week my week down. like after the show is done i write a script i write a layout i write bullet points that i want us to hit and cadrell shows up um not look looks at it one time and then goes got it and then just ruins it just, and just yeah. jumps to wherever he wants to going jump. from a to b in a straight line no, we I, take like six different I turns this one. It, was, okay, okay. it was natural to talk about sk yeah um the the two players just coming off the back of what draco said is like exekick and marcoon yep they are like standouts in their role by far yeah i think marcoon well. let's start with him because his first 
two games on stage were horrible. Like the first two games you guys had as a team were just awful. To like, be fair, like that, yeah, the, as a team, I would say it wasn't just Marcoon. It felt mm-hmm. like you guys looked I almost Shaky? scared. Yeah, yeah. almost yeah. scared. Like you guys just didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I, I would see him like gank top on Vi or gank top on, on was it Kindred or something and just basically die when he's yeah. going in this 1v2. Yeah. And then funny enough, I don't know if it was on the, on the Monday that I was casting or the week after on the Saturday. I walked past the, the, the SK boys on the stage and I could hear Certus especially just being like, I don't give a crap anymore. Like these people yeah, are definitely crap. shit. We don't yeah. care anymore. <laughs> like he had like this mindset of like, if we lose, we lose. We have no expectations. Yeah. Was that instilled <clears throat> at the start or was it like they lost two games? Maybe we do suck. I don't know if we do suck, but let's just play with no regrets. Like what happened? What mm. changed? Yeah, I think, I think you have to go back and look at just like the week leading up to the LEC, mm. uh, like the beginning of the LEC. Um, I... <sighs> Because I had like, I think, I think because of the expectations that I kind of said that we put on ourselves and yeah. everything like that, I had like an inkling that it wasn't going to quite match up one-to-one. And so I started getting like really stressed out during like that week, which is not a good thing. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and because, and I wasn't quite sure how to like, uh, how to avert what I thought might've happened was thought what could happen sorry yeah, yeah um and so going into like game one i think what what ended up happening in game one was there's just a lack of decisiveness yeah like the i don't want to yeah anyway i won't yeah. get into it too don't much into but too much, yeah, yeah it was there was a lot like a quite a lack of decisiveness around it like an mm-hmm. not really like an understanding of like win conditions and everything like that in the draft and then the second one i think also speaking of like Markun, put him on something that wasn't like too comfortable for him like yeah, in, yeah. In, in like in like a, from a drafting perspective so on that front like i had i didn't do a very good job but then after game two um we went back and we we sat down for like uh, maybe an hour and a half two hours and just like went through the entire game and just spoke about how in scrims or anything like just the way that we play or the how different it is on stage how much more aggressive we are in scrims like the opportunities that we look for and everything like that and also the fact that no one was really having fun like playing on the LEC stage, which yeah, is like yeah. such a bad thing. Well, they were just really like, nervous or like really tense. nervous, tense. Um, yeah, anything like kind of like uh, alluding to that, right? And then so coming into the Sunday, it was all right, guys. Let's just chill a little bit, have a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. The vibes were a lot better. Um, draft was also a lot. <laughs> and uh it, and then and then we just played it through right and it wasn't like the cleanest game it was like there's still a very shaky game right um but we were proactive um i think the players found found themselves a lot more during that game than the, mm-hmm. than the previous two days um and yeah i think i think everyone kind of had like a moment to shine during that game which was good to see yeah i mean that yeah. sounds hugely positive and i can also I can understand your like stress and anxiety leading up to that week mm. one because how do you like almost like it's like a, I can imagine a parent yeah. whose kid is good at football and then they go to play college ball. How do you tell them that like, sweetie, you were good in high school, but you might be shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you tell someone to lower their expectations when all you want to do is watch them succeed? Like that feels like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So that just feels like something that had to be experienced. And yeah. Even if you saw I don't want to call it a train. Calling it a train wreck is totally not fair to your players. But mm. even if you saw those difficulties coming, it's like calling them out doesn't do anything other than like 
shoot them in the foot in terms of confidence. So yeah. it's just like, you know it's coming and you just have to take it full on that like, maybe it's probably not going to be the same as it was in, in scrims, which is from what it sounds like and from what we heard from countless other teams mm. um, that you guys had played against that you guys were monstering in scrims. Yeah, occasionally. We definitely had variants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think it kind of had to happen for us to have that conversation and to like turn it around more than anything. Yeah. I mean, if we... If we had come in and just like performed exactly the same, it would have been very unexpected. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we. I think. I think it kind of had to happen like this and have those really tough losses. It's going to come for every team. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like going into it and like underperforming and understanding like your limitations as a team in that moment. And as long as you're able to actually draw something constructive from it and not because the format is also like kind of brutal it's it's, it's really brutal. Weeks, right? it's great as yeah. a spectator fantastic best format change yeah. in the history of league of legends yeah. as someone playing it i can like even experiencing it as a caster it's intense so i can only imagine what it's like when you're actually playing in it it's yeah. it is unforgiving yeah it's i think it's difficult to turn that momentum around yeah. um and the, the, the fact that we managed to do it i think is like a testament to the players like drive and and everything like that that they and like optimistic outlook i think mm -hmm. um or, and like having like something to fall back on which was as we kind of like said already the the scrim results and everything like that and yeah kind of like the team environment that we built and everything like that and everyone feeling like open enough to give kind of honest feedback to one another i think is like very very important yeah i mean that's a fantastic thing to have do you feel like this format then because that um that like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed thing we hear a lot mm. about rookies, especially on teams where there's a, a decent chunk of rookies. Yeah. Whereas veterans, I think, it can be somewhere, like other places in the spectrum. They can either be like, I've seen it all, you know, we're going to be fine, don't worry about it. Or they can yeah. be like, oh shit, we lost three games, we're trash, it's doomed. You know what I mean? Like they come mm. in with that pessimism. True. So I'm wondering, yeah. do you, and, th and this is a question to you too, the format is so fast. Do you think that it favors, like, from a mental standpoint, do you think it favors rookies because they're quicker to bounce back because, like, oh, it's a loss on LEC, but losses are expected? Or does it favor veterans because veterans are, like, more likely to perform in the clutch? I'm just spitballing here, but um, this is something I'm thinking about now. My instant reaction is, like, look at the evidence in this way, right? Fnatic yeah. and XL, five veterans on both rosters, just mm. mental collapse by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because they have, like, sky-high expectations and so little time to turn it around. That I think it's it's true that... The more veteran you are, the more pessimism can creep in because you just get sick of the same thing over and over. You know, it's like having the same arguments, same problems, different team, whatever it may be. So you can get really caught up in just, do we really have to go through this again? Whereas the rookie is just so, he's like a sponge, you know, he's just so like open-minded and hasn't really seen any of the arguments or downfalls of teams that yep. yeah. nothing's really repeating and they have to fix problems over and over. So they feel a lot more like, yeah, let's just do this, I guess. I think the repetitive thing is actually something I didn't really consider too much. But yeah, I think I think you lose like a certain amount of like goodwill probably towards yeah. like if you have to go through the same thing year after year after year, it's just like, can we just skip this and just get to the part where we win? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure, right? Like I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but that well, it's, seems it's, to make some kind of sense. I mean, even just as I think the average gamer at home, if you've ever played like let's say you played league three years ago and you were a decent player and you come back and you're shit now like mm. that's a really bad feeling 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because you're like, you can see, you're like, damn, my hands are bad. I normally wouldn't die to that. I'm such a griefer. Yeah, I, and I think that analogy. And that's with zero stakes at home in your room. I can't even imagine it yeah. when it's your job. You that, know? that analogy kind of works in a way where if you're just a league player overall and you, you've only started the game in the last year, it's very likely you're probably not that toxic because in the first year, you're just like so open to like the game and like the community and like things the way are things crazy. work. And you're if you're like, a jungler ins, you know, it's yeah, kind of like sometimes con- it's funny. Maybe it's like, yeah. you're like, convinced. you don't really get it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you don't really understand it. And then after like five years of league and your jungler coming mid again and dying, like your frustration levels and yeah, your yeah, tolerance yeah. levels for like uh, mistakes junglers is, is so there. low and you're yep. just ready to snap. Mm. So I think it's just like natural. It's like, you know, you work a job for like 10 years or whatever and, you know, you same problems or whatever. Yeah, you sure. The same yeah. Shit. yeah. So yeah, I think it, it's just a tendency. Uh, not all veterans are like that. I think a lot of them can like zone it out. And but I think it has to. When rookies come it, in. And the rookies bring that energy to the veterans sometimes. So that helps them, I think. That's why a balance is good in a team. Yeah. I do think it is a conscious effort to shift that mindset. I think the mindset that we're talking about where it's like problems are fresh and you're a rookie and you haven't seen it before. So it's just easier to shrug it off because it's mm-hmm. not a pattern of behavior. It's just a one-time. Like your, your jungler into you, it's like, oh, whatever. People have bad games. Your yeah. jungler into you for the thousandth time over five years of career, over five different junglers. like you know just like that that patience yeah yeah. because even if you think you're letting it go if you're holding on to it at all you know if you're not really consciously like i'm gonna let this go it's not a big deal this happens like you're probably holding on to a little something and i think over time that can be toxic and i think there probably are players who are good at being like that's not a good way to feel i'm gonna let that go but i think if players aren't that requires a level of emotional maturity that like I mean, I struggle with. So I'm like, yeah, I can't like yeah. expect pro That's, players. I can't expect everyone to just have that. The interesting thing to me and most is like Exekick because I saw him before their game against G2. He's like a Hans fanboy. He's getting a selfie with yeah, him. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, if I saw my teammate doing that, I'd be like, dude, you're not his fanboy today, right? He's on the enemy team. Stop, yeah. just chill out. And then he just stomps him. And yeah. I'm just like, what, this guy, he loves Reckless. You know, he liked his career. Mm-hmm. Destroys Fnatic, you know, just picks yep. Kate and Lux. They can't lane. He's under tower level one at tier two. Like, what is this guy's mindset? Like, how is he so good, but also so genuine at showing emotion and respect to people? Like, especially when he plays against them? He's very modest. Like, he, I don't know. It's kind of a gem, right? Um, He, he's very humble, obviously. He's very hardworking. Yeah. Very hardworking, like, behind the scenes. Um, Just wants to, like, have that shot, prove that he's good and everything like that. And Hans and Reckless were, like, the people that he well like looked up to and everything mm-hmm. like that um and i think just having the opportunity to play against him i think is really exciting for him and yeah. he just he kind of like just meets the moment every single time so far right so yeah he's a, he's the kind of player i look at where he gets outplayed and he mm. kind of like smiles in his head he's like wow he played it pretty good yeah rather than like for god's sakes like how did i screw that up you know God, that's such a sick mentality just as a yeah. side note like i envy people who can hold on to that i hope he can hold on to that for his entire career because i think Me the too. people that like really love the game and aren't you know and don't like get that because it's so hard not to get an ego it's so hard not to just raise your expectations for yourself as you play more and more but if you can Mm. just come in like wow i thought that guy was shit but he just outplayed me like good on him like if you can say that in a high stakes game yeah you are like the greatest human being on the planet i think i think he's getting a little bit of an ego (laughs) (laughs) i mean how can he not he did beat hatama and reckless so like who's next on the list i mean mean, like you you look over like at his uh pc sometimes He's looking at his own stats on Games of Legends. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, so should I, should I, or should I? Because I did actually though. look at bot lane stats. We can talk about this at some I mean, point. It's, it's, I'm looking at it now. It's disgusting. Ahead of yeah. CS at 1500%, CS differential 15, 22. Oh, yeah, he loves it. Like, yeah. Okay, but, but I will say that for me, before you say that, the, the breaking point for me yeah. of like, these guys are legit is when they dove 
Koi bot lane 2v2. Yeah. Straight 2v2, just dove them yep. double kill. I looked at that and I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, actually same. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that like my, I'm, I'm on the execute hike train in a very mm -hmm. big way and I don't want to oversell him or give him a big ego. And I think it was the first game when you guys played Renata Zeri that he finally like had a pretty, he had a solid yep. game. Him and Doss had a solid game. And I was like, all right, we got to see more. And then it was like, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. One or two more Zeri games. And I was like, okay, show me something other than Zeri. And mm -hmm. then he did. And yeah. then he kept showing me new stuff. And then yeah. he just started killing people. And then he killed Reckless, which is like, at this point in the season, like not as spectacular, but historically like, oh, yeah. sick. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? Crazy. Just run up casual solo bolo. Yeah. Admittedly, someone did like walk into a Caitlyn with Gale Force, but we don't need to talk, <laughs> no. we don't need to talk about yeah. that. You know how he said he has a big ego or his ego's coming on? I feel like we're like gassing it up even more now. Well, the problem so is, is yeah. when I was watching this podcast, turn it off, X kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk. I we can talk more about 80 carries generally when we like look ahead to best of threes because I was looking into stats because while this meta, meta is boring as hell, the mm. nice thing is and it's because it's in such a short period of time and because the meta is so stale, it's a really good meta to use stats to evaluate 80 carries mm -hmm. because the sample size is big um, and everybody's basically playing the same shit. Yep. So stats good right now. We can talk about it in a little bit. Um, otherwise, though, this guy, it seems like he's coming up. It seems like things are going well. Um, but I'm, I'm curious how, like what, how you're feeling about the, the upcoming best of threes. Cause it's been looking good. Mm. Are you a team that's going to make a, a, a smooth transition in? Well, that was kind of, that was kind of the point of this last weekend. Uh, like the compositions that we ran were kind of all a little bit different to one another. Mm -hmm. Like the win condition was different in each one, which is, um, something that we wanted to do. Like, um, my co-coach and I wanted to do coming into it because, we wanted the players to feel like they could execute more execute more than just like one style on mm. stage, which you kind of need for a best of three, right? Yeah. Um, to varying success, I think, um, depending on, on which day you look at. If you look at like the Astralis game as an example, like I don't think we executed very well on like the win condition, whatever, and then ended up like throwing that game. Um, but strategic diversity is something that you always need for a best of three and i think with like a rookie team with especially one that you've really only been training like fundamentals in um you it's it's going to be it is going to be difficult to make the transition but we've got you know we have a few days to kind of like tighten up a few different things and is, is that scary like the fact that you only have like three days before your best of three elimination rounds are up i think you can look at it as scary or you can look at it as like kind of a challenge and i think that i think the mentality that we have is like more of a challenge mindset mm, thing and yeah. i think that makes it more exciting than scary also i suppose riding the momentum is better if there was a week break yeah. where koi could have like an extra week to prepare mm -hmm. they would probably be a bit scarier than just like okay you're playing in three days that those best of all you just finished and you just won and you stomped those teams and you're going again yeah. with that kind of pace yeah yeah before we talk about your match versus koi i want to circle back week three great for you guys to talk mm -hmm. about solo kills bam bam not the cleanest games of all time but you came yep. out swinging but while you guys have risen mm. two teams have fallen xl and Fnatic. Mm. um they're dead they're dead as hell uh i wish i could say that it was valiantly fought and that they like really came up on stage and gave it all they got and bars um <laughs> You, you know, got a rap song ready for it. <laughs> unintentional, but here we go. I mean, the maybe. opposite of the playoffs rap, which is like I, the rap so battle of the two teams that got yeah, knocked out. I'll be better next week. <laughs> uh, I got more than one win. <laughs> We've talked about that before. We thought it might be BM to do a 9v10 rap battle. Yeah. There's a lot of material. Um, but yeah, these, both these teams, sky high expectations. We touched on it earlier. Mm -hmm. Absolute and total collapse, I think we can say for both of them. Some shining moments in some games, but to be honest with you, like... I think you're 
kind of doing them a disservice if you focus on the good at this point because this was a, a catastrophic season. Mm. Mark, you can kick us off because I don't want to make Swiffer just like shit talk the competition mm. when they're already down. Thank you don't you have to that. kick Thank the you. dead horse. Yeah, you can yeah. comment where you start want. With Excel or Fnatic. Who should we start well, with? you did a whole freaking video essay on Fnatic. So should yeah. we start with Fnatic? What is your, what is your <laughs> well, like... I did a 40 minute video on Fnatic. 40 yeah. minute video. Something like that. Twitch.tv slash... Or not Twitch.tv. YouTube, Cadrill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, you want to watch the full thing. But what's the TLDR? What is your like... What is your diagnosis, doctor, on uh, on this whole fanatic thing? Where do I start? So, first of all, coming into the, the split, uh, Wunder and Reckless played together on G2, right? And yeah. it was clear on G2 that you have two side lanes who are so veteran that they're more flexible than is directional a word. They don't have a direction, you know? They'll play whatever. They'll play whatever, exactly. But I feel like they're also playing whatever in a passive way, like to nullify. Mm -hmm. So, Wunder will play like Gragas, or he'll play like Nar, or he'll be like fine and he'll do his job. And in most cases, when you have this scenario in top, from a player, you, you need someone on bot who can like push the advantage, you know, like yeah, yeah. Upset was doing a really good job at that. But I think Reckless is the same, where he will just pay Varus or Ash or some kind of Senna lane, and both side lanes are just there to be flexible in draft, and there's no, mm -hmm. I will carry or give me first pick Caitlyn. So that puts a lot of uh, pressure on mid-jungle. And in G2, it kind, kind of worked. This style should never work in a team, but it kind of worked in G2 because uh, they had Caps, and I yeah. think Caps is someone you can always rely on to mm -hmm. just pick something on R5 or something and just carry the game with an Akali or something. Yep. Um, but yeah, historically, if you look at world championship winning teams and you look at EDG, you know, Flandre was a little bit of carries, but it was mostly like the Viper show and mm -hmm. scouts can play roaming or mages or whatever. Um, yeah, any, I mean, Dam1 was top side, right? You had Nuguri and then Ghost was playing Ziggs. There's no side lane direction. You guys, I think your side lane direction is bot. You know, irrelevant just seems really flexible. You can yep. blind the Scion, doesn't care. You'll yeah. tank it, take that 20 CS deficit and then... Bottling will be fine. Yeah, no, he's fantastic at that. <laughs> <laughs> he seems really smart as well. Yeah. Uh, at like how to give things up. Yeah. So that, where's the direction, you know? And then Humanoid's playing Azir every game. Yeah. So he can't really impact the map. And he, he you can't really play Talia or anything like that because they have no pushing sides. I mean, they played what? Zaya Leone into you. Mm -hmm. They played Camille top into Nar. Both sides get pushed in and you're playing a mage mid. So you can't even cover them. So you, you, you're just diving them level three. Yeah. And they can't lane. So first of all, no direction. Second of all, why does the bot lane have no direction? Well, I think they have different styles as well. Rux can't play range supports. I'm just going to say it. Like, he just can't do it. He can only really play melee supports in my eyes. And then Reckless doesn't seem to want to go for Caitlyn or Lucian because they're just perma-banning Caitlyn Lucian. Like, there's some games they're triple-banning AD yeah. and trying to first pick Varus, and that's their comfort. And, then, and if they drop AD, they'll just play Sivir, right? So I feel like they're sacking bots way too much in such a heavy bot-centric meta. They can't play the meta because they struggle to play range supports. And their band-aids are things like Rakan and Leona, which are fine if you can get to mid-game. But I don't know why their jungler just doesn't path bot often. Like even in their game against you, I was surprised that Wukong's pathing top. Yeah, I think Mark was also surprised. Mark Hoon was also surprised in comms when he like wards over and yeah. sees blue and Grom gone. And he's like, oh, we're just going to proxy the Zaya. Yeah, the Zaya yeah. <laughs> is going to stand at her tier two yeah. for three waves. Yeah. And until he bases and comes bot and yeah. you'll lose your blue buff, right? As Mark, mm -hmm. but... Like, who cares? Yeah. So I think they had, like, a lot of communication uh, mishaps in how yeah. they should play the game. They had no real direction on how to play the game from draft and from their players. And then I guess that just puts a lot of pressure on Humanoid and Razork to do things. And you can't really do that much when you're just playing Azir every game. Um, well, it just sounds like even then, it's just... It, you said it's never the way you should really be able to play League of Legends. And it just sounds like... It's one thing to ask a player to carry, but it's another thing to, like take his legs out from under him and then say hey buddy time to carry you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and razork was just I, I i think the best comparison i can make is razork right now is in like the tsm spica world where 
I think Razork is good. It's just the mental of that team is broken. He has nothing to really play for. And it's the same in Misfits. When he has like a direction to play towards, like topside, yeah. he's fine. When he, when Fnatic was really messy last year, but when it came to like the poppy channel meta of playing for bot, he found his footing, right? Yeah, yeah. When, he, when he knows what the plan is, or he has like respect or reliability in a lane, then he'll play towards it. But when nothing's working, he just kind of juggles fires and just ends up making himself look bad because he tries to compensate for things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel really bad because I actually think Razork's good, but he's getting a lot of like flack for the games. There was like that game uh, before before we played, who were they playing? Uh, Astralis, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Sunday's game, Sunday's yeah. game. Yeah. And then there was like, um, there was like this sequence in early game where um, like 113 was invading bot side. Trundle Vi, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Trundle Vi matchup. And if you if you look at like the if you watch the minimap at that moment, it looks like their bot lane is coming to like defend or like attack the trundle. Yeah. yeah. And so like Razork walks up, like walks up, and then you see like the bot lane like path back to the lane, and then you see Razork just die, die. Yeah. And it's like yeah, and he's he's like from a if you zoom out, he is making a lot of mistakes, Razork. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But if you actually like look at some of those mistakes and zoom in, you can see that it's just communication mishaps yeah. like you talk about that yeah. Yeah. they had like Varus Nautilus roaming first dropping the wave to get to Vi to help the 2v2 uh, the 3v3 and maybe they lose the 3v3 but if they're there first they can salvage maybe a camp yeah and then yeah they turn around then jungle dice and now it's like well Razork's screwed mm -hmm. and it, so yeah I think that it's just watching the games alone like I appreciate the niche analysis there especially of of Razork in this context because I think the struggle is is that like obviously fans with high expectations want blood and they want as always, a martyr. They want one player to point mm -hmm. a finger at and be like, it's this guy who ruined the team. And I, I think we're not, even if that was true, you're not going to get that context from just the gameplay, uh, short of one player objectively like sprinting, sprinting it, it, right? <laughs> yeah. And everyone else playing good, right? Which is not the case because I think everyone, everyone on Fnatic has been struggling um, kind of across the board. But what do you, what do you do coming into next season? Like, how do you actually like salvage this looking forward and again i don't want you to like because you guys don't have that knowledge mm -hmm. behind the scenes so i think it's mm -hmm. unfair to say bench x player fire this guy do that but like how do you is it actually possible do you think and i'll ask you this Swiffer, to like recover your mental and come back as the same five stack and perform better next season or is that is that too much to ask from players who have now failed in such a like a catastrophic way it is it is a spectacular failure isn't it um i think to me, I, I just feel like they never really like found what they wanted to do as a group of five. Yeah. It just seemed, you guys you guys kind of already touched on it, right? It just seemed like, okay, weak side top, weak side bot, try play through. It's like, it's a really like flaccid way of playing. Yeah, it's a good so word. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, so I think if they are going to continue with the, with the five players, um, like you, I think just commit to, even if it doesn't work, like you just need to commit to a style and actually, and actually just commit to it through even if it doesn't work for like the first two days if you keep flip-flopping around like it's never you're never going to find why the like why the initial identity that you decide on doesn't work yeah unless you actually stick through with it it's actually and it's and i know i'm kind of like i don't mean to like segue away from Fnatic, but mm. if you look at like g2 yeah sure um and the way that they especially played like i think i okay so alluding to also what i said earlier about like the um like the wind condition and everything like that yeah mm -hmm. they would it, it's it's kind of watching watching back and like talking about how i could have better prepared and everything like that watching 
I think the game plan from G2 in like the early game, the conditions that they always have are like pushing bot lane, yike, invade, like bot side. Yeah, and, and it's an identity. Yeah. yeah, it's an identity. And and they actually just keep running it like every single time. And so they know all the variations of like what can happen. And then it gives like yike a really nice script to follow like in the early game. And mm-hmm. it feels like, um, and I think it might, must be like Dylan Falco kind of like, I feel like it's him kind of mm-hmm. his hand over that. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And it feels like if Fnatic kind of committed to, or any team, right, committed to like a similar kind of approach where it's just run this thing. These are the conditions that we're going to meet every game or try to meet every game in draft. Do this and then just keep working on that. And like bit by bit, it feels bad at the beginning because you just lose in like five minutes, but just keep chipping away at it. And eventually like you'll understand the sequences a lot better. You'll have like a foothold in the game that you can play around. And then- If you want to run back the five players, like you just need to commit to, I think something like that. Yeah, find a formula. Well, yeah, and I and I like that angle because again, I think people are mostly calling for blood, um, yeah. you know, or blood in the sense that they want someone to be fired for this. And I think that it is, while it is obviously the most disappointing finish in Fnatic's history, I like that. I think that goes back to what we said earlier, though, about being willing as a veteran to kind of humble yourself and say, "We're going to stick to this." You know, mm-hmm. it's going to feel bad. And even though I feel like conceptually I should be able to tell right off the bat whether or not this is going to be good for us, we're just, we've agreed to it, we're going to stick to it, and I'm just going to sit in here, despite my years of experience, mm. and and suffer in this yeah. thing that is not working right now, but I believe in the long run will work. Like, that takes, that's hard. Like, that just sounds so hard to it's, me. It's also like a PR nightmare to do that. Like, yeah. if... if, if if I was a Fnatic fan and I know well, it's that like it's, the, it's like Garen Yumi when Fnatic just got stuck on Garen yep. Yumi and people hated it. People hated it, but they stuck with it. And in the end, I think they were net positive for running Garen Yumi yeah. all the time, even though it, some of those games at Worlds that year were awful. Yeah. Looked yeah. useless, like but, beyond useless. Yeah, but you're right where it's like if, if I'm a Fnatic fan or like even a higher up in Fnatic and I'm looking at this and the decision is let's change nothing. Going into next split, I'm already expecting it to fail. And when it does... Thing like, well, I I told yeah, you, yeah. like, this was obvious from the get-go. Why didn't you do something about it? So I feel like whether they think something should be changed internally or not, the amount of pressure around them, they probably have to change something. Because yeah. then if you change something and I'm a fan and you change, let's say, two players, then maybe I'll start to believe again. But if you're saying you're going to just want to run it back, I'm just going to look at you and say, like, why why am I even here anymore? Like, yeah. you guys don't care. Where's the effort? At least try something. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if two or three people just get taken out. I um, mean. And they just start again. <sighs> Yeah, and I don't take it out. Yeah, just drag them out yeah. back like old yellers. Sorry, yeah. buddy. The, like the, the, the problem you have. Our is, metaphors are dark. Yeah. That's all I'll say. All of our metaphors <laughs> are life. like really rough. Like yeah. I'm talking about, they want blood. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they take them out. out. No, the the it's issue like, they it have is just a job. Still, is by the way. in in their defense, if you're a fan and you say just replace Razor, just replace Wunder, just replace Rux, whatever you want to say, yeah with who you know you have to understand that lec splits are misaligned mm. with every other region now so yeah. i can't just go into the off season during the lck off season as well and the lpl off season and start contacting teams being like trade players buy players because they're having to do it now in the next two weeks and other regions are halfway through their split even erls so it's really hard to just find a player and also erls are strong enough now and Fnatic, I mean, if Fnatic had gotten top three and wanted to make changes, maybe they could have gotten a player who would have been down and they could have found a buyout if they, if they wanted to throw enough money at the problem. Yeah. But ERLs are strong enough now that frequently ERL players will turn down offers from uh, LAC teams if they're not excited because they want to wait true, for that like spotlight shot. So mm-hmm. it's it's not easy. Maybe when ERLs were first started or we back in Challenger, it would have been easy to be like, oh, hey, Red Bulls, let's like pick up 
you know, yeah. kissing or whatever, just an example, but a player, you know what I mean? Mm. But now it's not, it's not nearly that simple. I think you're kind of crazy though. If you're an ERL player, you yeah. say no to I, Fnatic I, though. I think they should yeah. take yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, instantly. Fnatic is not a lower down org in yeah. history. Yeah. Like name, like we used to say back in the day, I don't know if this is true anymore. Like the second you had Fnatic, it joined a Fnatic roster. You just tripled your social media following and presence you just insta take instantly. Mm. Um, but I remember when I was a player, um, I don't know, you maybe know more about contracts these days for ERL players because of the signings. Um, if I was halfway through an ERL split, if an LEC team wanted to sign me, my contract would either go void or recently I've heard the buyout is a lot lower than an ERL team because they're not competition directly. Yeah. And they want the, for the best interest of the player to go to, to the LEC team. I think I think from, from what I've gathered, if you feel like you have a chance of being contacted or something, you will negotiate for like an LEC. If, if it's an LEC team, you'll negotiate in your contract for the LEC team to be able to like buy you out or talk Straight to away. You. Yeah. 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 Rather away. than like at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's like a condition that most orgs are like willing to do in order to like attract the yeah. talent to them, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 I was speaking to some ERL players and they said in modern day contracts, the clause is if an LEC team wants to buy them, the buyout's normally around 10 to 30,000 euros, mm. which is actually really low for an LEC yeah. team to just buy an, an ERL player straight out because ERL salaries are actually pretty high these days. You know, top yeah. team yeah. Uh, ERL players are like four to six K a month, right? So if you leverage that over a year, normally a buyout is double your yearly salary. So 10 to 30 K is pretty pretty cheap for just getting an ERL yeah. player. So that's the direction they'll have to go in. Importing but is a bit hard. I think, yeah, I think regardless, it's it it's just, it doesn't feel like there's any easy answer for Fnatic or for Excel and Excel are in a very different situation or in a very similar situation I just think yeah. the difference is because Excel don't have the pedigree of success and also because while their roster is full of players who have had high highs haven't had like aren't multi-title winners aren't like a big household name in in the LEC and EMEA in the same way that Fnatic are I think that like people are looking much less at them but I think they are a team that had like has failed just as so much because Patrick when we look at Patrick Mickey last year a lot of people were talking about them as the best 2v2 bottom lane, you know, and obviously Target misses here and obviously they're struggling, but like VTO looked great on Misfits. I know a lot of, or some pros behind the scenes feel like that was oversold. I feel like he was alongside Neon, like the big reason Misfits were able to win, not to take away from your boy Irrelevant. He mm -hmm. also played pretty well. You know, Odawame, champion. Xersei was the best performing member of Astralis, and Astralis didn't have a lot of good results, but he was the only player we could talk about on Astralis last year um, when we wanted to say something like positive. So on paper, this roster should have at least been competitive mm. to make top eight at the very, very minimum. And yet, once again, we have catastrophic, unbelievable, unfathomable failure. And I think yeah. that... Um, they're in very much the same boat as Fnatic, probably just less people, again, calling for blood or needing to be dealt with or whatever, you know. Yeah, but take care even worse. Take, take care, out. Take, take, out. Out. take care of the problem. It's like we're in the godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to get taken out. Yeah. yeah. Excel yeah. waste management. You know what I mean? They just got to they gotta <sighs> show up. I mean, I mean, there was one big change in the offseason as well. I mean, they did get rid of Cajal, right? So into spring, I'm, I mean, to winter split, I'm not really. What were they thinking? Actually? I know, well, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark Lamont, a.k.a. Esports. I mean, I got taken out. A.k.a. Esports. Jesus Christ. I mean, Excel the Romans, <laughs> like how biblical are we going to get here, I mean, bro? DRX did win worlds for that co-stream for them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Anyway, let's go back. I don't want to... <laughs> okay, so the good news is, uh, you know, you were worried about your boy Exicate getting too big of an ego. Yeah. But you just show him this clip and he'll be like, oh my God, that's the most oh, cringe like, thing I've he's ever got, heard. He's like, I've got so far to go. <laughs> no, he's going to be like, and actually, one I minute never want to end up like uh, that. So yeah. thank you. I never want to end up like Excel either. One, one and eight. <laughs> 
Actually, more than eight. That was a good. That was my back. transition. Yeah, that, that was, was your, a really that good, was good, good transition. transition. That was a good transition. Your transitions have actually been fired. Um, I don't know if people have noticed them, but no, that was good. terrible transition. But uh, yeah, Excel are dead in the water. Uh, so, they're kind of even worse off than Fnatic because they only won one game. Well, yeah, I, I guess. think mm-hmm. yeah. it's a little bit worse. Well, uh, we can we're going to talk about bot lane stats here in a second. Uh, I, yeah, I also don't think Fnatic are like, oh yeah, we did pretty well compared to Excel. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> we doubled I, their wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that um. It's doom and gloom for both these teams. And I think the difficulty of the turnaround now being so fast after a difficult season is something has to change. I like your strategy of focus on one thing, swallow your pride, do it, even if it feels like shit for a while. Yep. Just like find one way to, just find eight, relearn how to win the game by picking one way to win the game and just doing it ad nauseum. Sounds great to me. Mm. Um, I think that for both these teams, if they can do it, they might also look for a roster change. And I think it is less, not that individual performance shouldn't be taken into account, but a lot of these teams, there's a lot of bad performances across the board. I think it's more just about finding that honeymoon phase again, baby. Bring in a new player, oh. pretend like you're starting over, pretend like it's all shiny that one more time. Yeah. That was a bad dream, guys. Bad that dream. didn't even happen, mm. you know? Yeah. We're all waking up with our brand new blank jungler, yeah. bot laner, support, wherever you want to go. The Top, format never mid. changed. It's spring. It's Winter spring. never happens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we just started. This is like the LCS <laughs> kickoff tournament, you know? We were yeah. just testing. We were just yeah. testing. XL, what do you think? Any thoughts? Uh, what do I think of about XL? I actually, I actually thought they, I thought they were stronger than what they than what they showed. Mm. Um, I think like they were actually like, I actually thought I thought they were stronger than Fnatic. Um, and is that from scrims that you're like referring yeah, to? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually thought they had pretty a pretty decent like preseason as well. I have no idea what happened between like second week of january and yeah the first week of the lec no idea i don't know i don't know if there was like an internal conflict that never got resolved or like there was a really big disagreement about how they wanted to play the game or whatever it is that happened but like it yeah the excel you saw on scrims did not show up on stage did not show up at all yeah Okay, and I'm not. I'm not. I can't pinpoint exactly. Well, like, what kind of no, like, I think, and that's the struggle of this conversation, right? Is if we mm. really wanted to have and dissect either of these teams, um, we just we have to work with the knowledge we have, and that's never going to be complete. And you at least have the knowledge that there was something more there for oh, yeah. Excel, which I think is great context yeah. for the fans to have. That like in scrims, they showed more. There was something behind the scenes there that was more redeemable than what we saw on stage. That's a nice thing to have, even yeah. if it's kind of like. You know, here's your here's your nickel after yeah. I punch you in the face. You yeah. know, like at least you got something out of the exchange. But what, you know? what kind of fall from grace are we talking here when you scrim them? Are you thinking like, okay, this will this will be a pretty tough team? It wasn't. Like it wasn't it definitely definitely wasn't like, like it wasn't like G two Vitality. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like that. Um, definitely like a tier below, but up yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then there's nothing. Sure. I mean, let's go through some of the things because like I'm just looking at. You talked about bot lane. Do you want to? Yeah, I'll just do my bot lane stats. You you hit me with okay. Bot lane so uh, KDA. Damage per minute, blah, 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 are garbage stats because they're super win biased. Uh, the only time they matter is if you want to compare two players who play lethality VARs all the time, then you can talk about damage per minute. Just stop True. using KDA. Who's the better Legolas? <laughs> you know, like CS, probably fair. Uh, obviously, lane matchups come into account, but like CS, probably fair. But the ones that I'm looking at are forward percentage because a lot of this meta is about getting the push. So how, mm. how, how often do you actually have the push? Uh, and then K plus A at 14. Uh, specifically compared against jungle proximity. So how many kills and assists are you getting in the early game? Uh, and also how involved is your jungler in your lane? And so it will not surprise you that your boy Exekick is stomping 
Um, mm. I got. I had to update these stats because I got them on Sunday. Exotic and and DOS. Exotic and DOS. Hold on, hold on. I'm not trying to undersell DOS. I was yeah. just looking at it from the perspective. Okay. Like, like, DOS, DOS and okay. Irrelevant yeah. are like the the bread, you know, and Exotic and like Marcoon are like the nice Bam. meaty patty. That's actually like. I your... never want you to refer to a player as meaty ever okay. again. That was so <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that, yeah. the, analogy like, sounded, the, the analogy the sounded ad. way better in my Woo! head yeah <clears throat> well it did not sound good in mine so thank you it was um, a bad dream for that this anyway this is, yeah this is just looking at it framing it from the uh the perspective of 80 carries not to undersell the um what supports are doing for any of the any yeah. of the players i want to talk about but exakick was tied with hansama and kabe before the final day but now he's leading in forward percentage 36.3 percent which is crazy this is massively ahead for reference Patrick and Reckless, 80 carries from the teams that were knocked out. Patrick at 20, Reckless at 13%. Mm. Abysmally, abysmally low. And Exekick. Oh, yeah, by really the way, just for K people at home, a. forward percentages past the middle oh, yeah, of the lane. Past the midway point of the lane. So that if you if you just cut a line down the the map summoner's rift diagonally, because we look at it in an isometric perspective, this is the time you spend past the halfway point. And keep in mind, you back, you can roam the river. You can do a million things that would yep. stop you from doing this. So to get that that high means you are you are getting the push consistently and you are smashing lane. That's what happens in Kate Lux versus Iolona. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. you did. You did. It's a bit of your line. You did. You did. Yeah. Yeah, that there's an extra five percent there yeah. just because of that lane. Yeah. To be clear, yeah. but yeah. even before that game, God bless that I had those numbers. It was mm. already thirty one. Okay. So like you, uh, your bot lane, G two bot lane, and interestingly, Astralis bot lane, the best at keeping that forward percentage. Mm. Inversely. Heretics, Jack Spectra, Patrick and Reckless um, getting their shit kicked. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, uh, I don't know, Patrick's CSD is minus 20 at 15, right? He's just They're sitting just in tower, blasted. getting blasted. And, I, and some of those games, um, it's the Fnatic conundrum where jungle's top and they're playing like a Varus lane and they can't push and now they're being threatened on dives and they're getting dove and no one's there to help. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't really know what to pinpoint for XL. It was just, everything was abysmal. Um, the only difference I think from Fnatic is maybe I think VTO played okay. Like I think his first few weeks or his first week and a half was pretty bad. I just think But then he started towards the end of the split, he was like the only reason they even had a chance in some of these games, I felt like. Mm. Um I don't know, man. It's so hard to say again individually. And this is it's such a boon to great teams because if you're playing on a great team, you're ninety percent of the time gonna look great. And if you're playing on the bad team, ninety percent of the time you're gonna look bad. And mm. if it's, especially if it's a team, a cross team thing again, and not just a spot the enter one guy is going 09 every game, which does yeah. happen, but much less frequently. Um, you know, I think there are some redeeming moments for a lot of different players. The clit effect. The clit effect. The clit effect. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's really rough. Um, yeah, like, I this wish... is the, one of the biggest gaps bot lane statistically that I've ever seen in our league um, that isn't just like, because usually in the past when we've had like G2 and Fnatic at the top, they were just yeah. 2v2 killing people every game. It was yeah. that. But like this is, even if they're not getting 2v2 kills, these lands are just not showing up to play is what it feels like in the stats. Watching the games, obviously they're getting bullied. There's there's junglers coming down. There's like yeah. lane discrepancies for yeah. sure. But like this is hands down one of the biggest gaps I've ever seen in terms of statistical presence in bottom lane. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I wish there was like a, a couple things to pinpoint like as to why Excel are losing. But like even Odo was i mean he won summer right and he was a player who he picked like Orin blind pick in the finals mm -hmm. gets counter picked by gwen by bb and then just like dives him under tower and odo just solo kills him under his own tower right yeah. and that's like the really the reliability he was like the most rock top laner domestically and then he was like getting solo killed a lot in the first couple of weeks 
never really got any attention. Yeah. Then started going towards things like Renekton and had a few games where maybe he could carry, but he was never really like able to get involved in much. Uh, Xerxes, I feel like his champion pool is really small, in my opinion. Like he, he would play like Wukong Vi and that's kind of it. Everything else just looked pretty bad. And if you look at last year on Astralis, it was just Wukong Diego every game. Um, and that was his kind of like two yeah. tricks in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, v VTO played okay. Bot lane but, was just, yeah, nothing worked ever. And their bot reads, like, Varus Pike, like, into Yumi lanes. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't I, really uh, sell I, me. Look, okay, I I think I'm getting sucked into this a little bit. And as much as I love, like, trying to dissect what went wrong here and giving these teams the time of day because it does suck that they're knocked out of our season, we've got eight other teams now. So I want to shift away because I think okay. that Fnatic and Excel, it sucks, but we're never going to have the concrete answers we want. We can all agree it sucked. They can agree and it sucked. I think sucked. we're all surprised. And we're all surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So now I want to shift our attention looking forward because one of the teams that, while they are on seventh, has been rising up and a team that you're going to play against in best of three is Koi. True. Koi looked like uh, good and then hot mess. And then this last week, kind of good again. And Resurgence. it feels like uh, yep. they've kind of gone back to the Koi of old when they were known as Rogue back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, scaling, safety. Yep. You know, really clean trades as much as they can on the map. Not about flipping, not about taking risks to snowball leads. Felt like take it late. Larson control mage mm. looked good. I don't know if you want to correct anything there, but like that's to me what it felt as just a spectator. Yeah, I, for me, it was like um, when they played the summer finals against G2, they yeah. actually took it to them in the early game. Yeah. Which was very surprising and also the best that Koi has ever looked. Yeah. I thought. I agree. agree. Um, and so... I think I think like the reversion back to like the scaling thing. I think I think when their laners were just better, yeah, it worked a lot more. But I think like there's been a lot more skill parity at the moment in the league, and I'm not sure if that. I mean, like, it, like I, I don't know, right? Like maybe it's just going to work again. But I feel like um, just a reversion back to like the late game scaling and like thinking that you're going to outlane everyone is not going to be like a reliable way. Of mm. winning anymore yeah and yeah. to me it feels like we talked earlier about when uh you know fanac hitting a wall drafting something sticking to something it feels yeah. like koi kind of took a step back said here's something we know works yeah here's something four out of our five players have played and have been successful on like mm -hmm. let's go back to that to get the wins we need i would hope for more development going forward and to show us another look but I think that I respect their decision to kind of go back to the strategy to get the wins necessary to make top eight. Because they were, yep. Cato, you predicted them last week not to make it. And I think based on what we saw in week two, super reasonable. Um, but it does feel like they're, they're getting stronger. But are you, are you confident about this matchup then? Um, um, are you not as concerned? Because like this, I think if they hadn't um, had this good week three, but yep. they had still made playoffs and this was your opponent, I would be like, SK are my favorites. But now that they're looking better again, I'm getting these yeah, like... Getting nerves in the back of my head because it's... You know what they're capable of. And the onus yeah, is exactly. on, yeah. on you, if they're going to play like this, to get shit done in the early mid-game, which yeah. I think for younger players is a tall task and is often how we see veteran teams beat younger teams is they just like go late and then just... Grind them play, out. Yeah, but just play better yeah. in the late game because they've got more experience. Yeah, uh, it's definitely... Yeah, I think it's like we, we have gone through like some late game sequences, but I it's so experience-based because you can't actually real realistically like train it in scrims. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that is always a concern, right? If the game does go really long, like they should edge us out. Um, that's just the of reality. Yeah, yeah, because of experience is reality of the situation. Um, in saying that, um, 
the, I think I th- like when you look at like Koi or you, you look at like Rogue's history, they were always very good at like getting a gold lead early. And then I think even like, like that, you know, that Mad Lion series, I think was it 2021? The where, time. where it was like, yeah, where it was like, um, just starts- it's like, okay, they come into like the mid to late game with like a gold lead, but then their team fighting wasn't like, was a bit suboptimal. Yeah. And like maybe that again was, I think before like comp and everything and everyone joined, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. It's always kind of stuck with them. A little yeah. Bit. I think, I think like they have clear ways of winning the game and, but I think I'm confident, not like arrogant or cocky or anything going into it. Um, but confident that like we can kind of like, uh, read the script, I suppose that they yeah. want to do and they could probably do the same for us. So it just is whoever kind of reads it better on the day. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I Which, mean, my, to, to be honest, like it's not a bad place to be because again, if you told me SK versus Koi, best of three last yeah. year, at any point in the year, I would have given the edge to Koi. Um, <laughs> You're giving the edge. You would have said, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have said the edge. Yeah. 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 The edge. Done so. So I don't want to, because I don't want to like, I don't want to take the the wind out of your sails by saying, wow, you should be happy that you could like, you feel like you could go even, you yeah. know, versus Koi going into a series. But I do also want to, because that's unfair to your players who aren't should not be burdened by uh, the difficulties of previous years. But I do yeah. want to say from like a from a bigger zoomed out perspective, again, credit to SK for coming as far as you are to now be able to, on paper at least, based on what you believe, based on what we've heard so far, go toe to toe with Koi in a series is is a big big step. I think yeah, that's sick. For yeah. Sure. Also, it could be like a spectacular failure. Who well, knows? Yeah, I'll I, just you know, eat like my words. Live in the optimism. Live yeah. in the optimism. Oh, well, the good, news is, the good news is, let's say you, you did lose, right? And everything goes wrong. Yeah. You've got another best of three, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're like, let's say likely you play against Heretics. You're playing against Team Heretics, you know? yeah. And then if, let's say, Vitality then beat Core, you have a rematch. Yeah. So you've already figured out what the, went the wrong. The old best of six, we buddy. Love, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> the old best of six. You know, you can figure out what went wrong, how it went wrong. And, yeah, I mean, have a week. Yeah, I think Rogue's formula has always been, yeah, Marang early game jungler. Larson yeah. control mage, bot has the push. Odo yeah. was like the, I'll chill out. You tell me what to do. I'll play a tank if you need me to. I'll blind mm-hmm. pick. But with Shigenda, it feels a bit different. Maybe a bit more carry orientated. Do you think yeah. this has affected their bot side a little bit? Oh, I think I think you, they definitely pay a little bit more attention to top side. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think I, and I think that's like a conscious choice. I don't think I don't think you should pick up a rookie and then just leave them. Um, I think that's. Could be could be like traumatic. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I haven't seen my team in years. <laughs> so I think I think like they have had to adjust to putting more resources into topside, and I yeah. think that could have affected like bot side. But just like maybe it just also because Koi had a quite a long year last year, right? Yeah. Um, I think like maybe just like they're just warming up. Yeah. Right. And I think that's also like fairly valid, What's- and they're gonna come into form like come best of threes and stuff like that. Was there teams who rocked up later on in the year to scrims rather than like, I presume you guys started pretty early, but was there teams who were like, yeah, we're not scrimming till like next week or like a couple weeks? Um, I wonder if Koi started later than most teams. I actually actually can't recall now because there was like, there was an abundance of teams in December and stuff. Yeah. So I can't, I don't, can't really like remember the absences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But I think going through the rest of this group and excited to see your matchup with Koi, um, Putting Koi as the favorite, telling That's you right okay. now. That's right. I love you. It hurts to say, but maybe SK are like the LEC DRX. You know, you just keep well. To be fair, uh, exactly. I was gonna say last time we put you in C tier, you went third place. You went third place. So, so now if thank you, Yumi. Thank hypoth- you, Yumi. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, if we you know 
don't vote for you guys to win the series, then maybe you do win the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's our cop out because we're too scared to stand by our opinions in the face Uh, of someone who's negatively affected by them because we're cowards. Uh, this is Euphoria Podcast. It's Euphoria Podcast where we're scared, and that's how Euphoria. But, that's, how, that's how the MVP but, vote always goes to yeah. whatever guest is on. That's true, and that's how we jumped in. <laughs> um, uh, but also, I think that I don't know what our track record is, but I think our track record this year so far is like guest comes on, then wins that weekend. Okay, true, but I don't. Please don't encourage the superstition because this is how we got people to like stop accepting invites to things because they literally like pros are superstitious. Yep. If, yeah, if, are, if, if all of our guests had lost in the following week, pros would actually refuse to come on because of that superstition. So let's not. Yeah, they'll tie it into like having to the, wake up earlier the and superstition, then my schedule the next day. Give and, and take if, yeah. I would say let's just take yeah, if, yeah. it out of the equation. Um, Run through the matchups with me. So SK versus Koi. Yeah. Vitality versus Team Heretics. Let's just start with Group A. Reminder for how the format works. It's you can get into the nitty gritty, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Two wins and you are out. Two losses or two wins and you are out. You've advanced to the next round. Sorry, two losses and you are out. Taken out. You're taken out. There's nothing left for you. Yeah. You go home. On thing. Um, so even if you lose this first best of three, you will get a chance to play against the loser of the other best of three. So in this case, if we say SK is going to lose against Koi, we are going to assume that Vitality is going to beat Team Heretics. I'm not going to go into that. Feels pretty obvious. Does anyone? Yeah, I think Vitality beats Team Heretics. My SK Koi, I think I'm an SK believer, Giga Chad. Yeah. <sighs> It's like, you know, I have this, no, 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 I have this sweet spot for bro in the LCK. And I also have a sweet spot for SK now as well. Uh, I don't know. If you look at their last game, your bot lane is just destroying their bot lane. And maybe it's Mm. matchup dependent, right? You're playing like, what are you playing? Lucian Yumi versus Esriel Nami? I think you're playing. To be fair, Koi. I also don't think either side of that matchup, like I don't think either side of the player will experience in that matchup, to be honest. And week one and two... Koi were doing some weird shit with their bot lane in draft. Hmm. They were like, oh, I yeah. see you all prioritizing your bot lane and jungler. What if we just sacrifice our bot lane, leave them till four or five and say, what do you got for us, boys? Yeah. yeah. That's how we so, ended up with the first Ash Ezreal, which Fnatic so lovingly decided to recreate. Yeah. No. That lane was bad. <laughs> the Ash Ezreal, was that against the Heimerdinger lane? I don't, they like locked Ash and then they last picked, it was really bad. Oh, I can't I remember, remember the draft that, exactly. And then Fnatic also against, did it. It was, it was not BDS, good. I, think. I, I don't know if that was a scrim thing, but like watching it, it was like, didn't do anything. The lane didn't do anything. Yeah. I, I, I believe in SK to win that best of three. I think Koi will then, you know, lose and then slowly start to win out as the best of threes progress, in my opinion. Because so I think does they need way, more okay, time. Okay, hold on here. Hold on. Yeah. I just want you to predict the group then. So if SK win the first best of three. <laughs> yes. Then Vitality then, will beat then them. Then Vitality's going to beat them. And then Koi will beat them. And then Koi will... Okay. That's so, how I see so, okay. So That's you get one, it. but yeah. not the one that matters. Yeah. Sorry. Bro. No, yeah. right. So I think Vitality, <laughs> Vitality and Koi will get the group, but I think that matchup SK... Yeah, I think they can win the first best of three, in my opinion. I think uh, I think Relevant's just underrated. Uh, a agree. couple of players I've spoken to just say that he's really smart and aware on when to not, not when to not die. Yeah, I mean, like actually, every, like because it's it's funny because on on like in the in official games he's like weak side king and everything yeah. like that. This guy in scrims, is like griefing monster. No, 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 like just. Oh. 2v1s he's like a, uh, are you he's tra- just nuts right okay, like, yeah. and uh we, we, you know we're getting there we're getting we're getting we're getting, we're getting to we're the translation but yeah. respect to him that he can be a monster in scrims and then just like lock the yeah. scion on stage yeah. that's actually kind of chat goes in yeah. scrims plays camille fiora i don't know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, playing. Yeah. takes tier threes in 10 minutes and then but the, again you know, no ego you know can take it on yeah. the chin and just pick scion and just accept that he will never look good in that lane yeah that yeah. succeeding that lane is not feeding so like, that has to feel so bad there's a hidden gem 
beast mode, carry mode, best of three, flexibility in oh, the yeah. top Look, side coming out one all day. All I'm saying is, actually, I won't say it because I don't want to give anything away, but let's just say that there's a champion that gets banned against your team a lot, mm. and it's not just the Elise, and I'm wondering, that's a, that's a little scrimmer. Could be. I'm excited to the best three. I think the, 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 the beauty of the league and the format right now, I think a lot of people would agree, is like not only are teams like really competitive, yeah. surprisingly, like SK and BDS, just you guys just look like you can beat top teams. Which is great. Again, the turnaround is fantastic from last year to this yeah. year. It's really sick. But also the format now, the best of threes is just you don't it's really hard to guess who's gonna get out, first of all. Second of all, then you're going to best of fives in top four with another double elimination. Mm -hmm. And a second, you have more chances, you know, like the, yep. the first round's yep. over, the bottom two teams are gone. I think the whole idea of this weekend of just constant best three, best three, best three, best three, all the matches are exciting. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, I agree. But for group A, I would say Vitality and Koi get out. SK win, Vitality win, uh, Vitality win, Koi win. What about group B? Group B. So why don't you break this one? Your team's not in here anymore. Yeah, I don't want to put you in a I, position I, where you have to predict four mm -hmm. against your team because that's your job. You should always believe that you're going to win. I do. But it's just not fun for the fans. Yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah. Let's predict your group. You're like, well, we're going to beat Koi and then we're going to beat Koi again and we're going to make it out. I don't need that. I want to know Mad Astral's G2 BDS. I think it would be... I think, I think actually it would be very, very surprising if Mad and G2 did not make yeah, it out I of this. I like, agree. I agree. As much as, as, much as B, BDS has been on, on the rise... Um, I think it really has come off the back of like Adam and Adam and Crowny. Adam and, and Crowny. And Shio has also had like a pretty good split. Yep. Yeah. But like, I think, I think if, I think that win that they they got against Mad. Yeah. Just gave like Adam the perfect like Darius angle. And yeah. then I don't think that that will happen again. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I remember you were talking a little bit earlier on about um, like how the longer the game goes on, experienced players are more favored yeah and i looked at the bds versus vitality game i'm not sure if you you remember it's well but it was like they had 15 kills and vitality had like four yeah and they weren't taking objectives anywhere they were just yeah. like trying to make picks getting these kills but it, nothing yeah. was transitioning into anything well and that's what I, that, that game kind of worried me a little bit for bds even, in this matchup specifically in even C2. in the g2 bds game and i think this is this is this happens a decent amount for some of these younger teams you could see that like BDS were actually smashing, and admittedly, G2 mm. fumbled that 2v2 bot lane, sick 2v2, or BDS outplayed it, depending on yeah, how you want to talk yeah. about it. Um, but it was really only when they went into the jungle, overcommitted onto Azaya, and then gave Perks a shutdown that the game even started to get close Caps. again. Caps a shutdown, sorry, yeah. Caps a shutdown, whatever. Mm. Can't keep track. Legacy <laughs> mid laners, whatever. Um, and I think the same thing in some of these mad games where it goes late, it's just like you can't, against that caliber of team, when you put your foot on the gas, you can never take your foot off. Yeah. Gas. or you have to be so wildly far ahead that you can give up a few kills and it doesn't matter and getting to that stage is short of a perfect adam darius angle mm -hmm. is such an incredibly hard thing to do because one thing that matters still really good at and g2 are still really good at is like or g2 at least their mid game is still insane if you give them any edge they'll take over the game for yep. you i feel like and mad's still great at team fighting still very good yeah. at team fighting if you mess up your engage if you flank and not everybody's on the same page they'll collapse on your flank they'll kill you they'll outplay you in the fight and that is that's a thing that makes them really terrifying, I think, both of these teams as opponents, um, because they just have something to fall back on that means that the onus is on you to play out a game flawlessly, which I think is, while Crowny and Adam have had incredible seasons, I think it's safe to say, and Shio has definitely had some shining moments, it's like, no one on the team can make a mistake yeah. if you want to yeah. beat these teams in a best of, in, in any kind of best of. In a best of one, sure, and you've got a chance, no doubt in my mind you could take a, a single game, but a best of three is a different beast, yeah. I think it's hard.
It really is hard. And uh, especially in double limb as well, you know. Mm. I think, like, experience also favorite for double limb. If this was just single round robin best of threes, I think yeah. it's a whole new ball game. Like, uh, God knows what could happen. But I think in terms of, like, raw upsets of making out the group, if we say, on paper, Vitality, Koi, Mad, and G2 are, like, the favorites to make top four, who would you say is the upset potential? I think for I think me, it's, it's SK. SK. Yeah. yeah, SK. And I think that's... Um, <laughs> Mad and G2 and Vitality, I think, are the three best teams in the league. And I think Koi yep. has the potential to be fourth if they get back into form. But mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those I'll believe it when I see it sort of angles. Yep. And so I wish I could say that it's because I believe SK are like leaps and bounds better and are like clear shoe, shoe in for number four. But I think it's more that top three feels very clear to me. And mm -hmm. it's the, the water gets muddy after that. Yep, um, that's fair. And I think in this case, you guys have the easier the easier group in some ways like i think bds will probably pretty handedly beat astralis and they'll feel good about that i think you guys will have a harder yeah. time with team heretics than bds will with astralis assuming yep. you both lose your first round but um yeah in terms of like the person that's actually going to gatekeep you out of top four i think that koi is a more easy opponent than mad or g2 i would say i would say that yeah too. pretty yep. definitively <laughs> yeah it feels you, like not a bold statement yeah what do you think about the new patch though do you think that this new hurts teams, favors teams? Do you think that like shifting everything up can be Should we spicy? Should we recap the new patch? There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes. A lot of yeah. AD um, carry changes. First off, Freak made a video on YouTube. It's great. It's long, but skip to the parts that interest you. It's a big patch. I don't want to like read each This change. is like preseason level patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, all you need to know is Yumi is dead. They did everything in their power to kill Yumi. She is real bad now yep uh your freak said like your friends that are really bad at league of legends can still play yumi and use it as a way to learn how to play the game but everyone else stop playing yumi yep. at least in pro are we yep. stand at yumi death um i think lucian nami's death has been over exaggerated yeah <laughs> slight nerf solution nami maokai nerf to clear speed a little bit of nerf to sapling damage demonic embrace which is a maokai item also nerfed timer nerfed a timer bit. nerfed 80 carry itemization changed so that navori and ie come out second if you can buy them second you only have 40 crit chance to activate mm-hmm um and which we'll see how impactful that is yeah and a lot of fighter items fighter items a lot of healing omnivamp gone from most fighter items um, fighter items i think uh doesn't gordringer so gordringer still has it right uh i don't know everything's gone to life steal now from, from the top of my head it's just they've removed on the camera like Gordringer eclipse doesn't heal. have it um healing was hit on death dance a lot of the cdr has been taken out of items black cleaver's been buffed um but there's a lot of changes but overall again you can read the patch notes or check out freak's video because the more important question is what of these changes feel relevant yumi is the only one that i think everyone can see this champion should be 100 percent dead but yeah. without you giving away too much in scrims can you give us like a scale of how different the meta actually looks based on what you're seeing in scrims we actually haven't scrimmed on this patch yet oh it's right oh, it's yeah, wednesday because yeah, it's, yeah, 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 oh, okay. it's, it's expectation it, initial yeah. expectations then perfect um then honestly, you can't leak anything because nothing's happening. i feel like going into it the aside again aside from like the yumi and the um Maybe the high middinger, like not being as prominent. The bot lane meta probably yeah. is the same. The same. Yeah. 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 I mean, the fact that Caitlyn, you can just go Caitlyn, with like, like Gale Force. Like, yeah, it's like Caitlyn. Like I think Zeri is still going to be fine with like Lulu. Lulu. I think like Lucianami will probably still be fine. I think like for EU especially, I think Draven will be still fine. Oh yeah, Draven yeah. of course. Right, yeah. like uh jungle meta maybe mm. wukong will it's like sunder champs to me sound good but i guess like the vi difference now is you feels rush. like if maokai drops a little bit sejuani just goes up true yeah. like, black black cleaver is now the new super gold efficient item instead of kempunk yeah. maybe yeah yeah and then uh also, even though kempunk is still really gold efficient i think when um, oh also grievous wounds change so like healing across the board has been hit so yeah, yeah, healing, healing got hit i think when champions get 
like if an S plus tier champ gets removed from the meta and one yep. champ gets bumped up, let's say Malkai's removed, Sejuani goes up. And Elise, yeah. Uh, and Elise, then yep. I feel like champions like Trundle, like counters then start True. creeping in a little bit, like mm. maybe Kindred or these champions like Olaf perhaps into Sejuani yeah. are like something we could see. There was also buffs to champions like Lilia and Orianna and Zoe. So maybe more like control mage mids, but I feel like yep. uh, with Maokai gone, oftentimes we saw very heavy AP mid jungles mm -hmm. with like Maokai and Sejuani with yep. Azir and things like this. Um, but maybe now with you know Vi and Wukong and stuff being stronger with the item the, changes, we can go back to yeah. like just AD and AP. I think yeah. on paper, I kind of expected this patch so to be falls off a little bit. revolutionary. And I think that it is like step one, but feels like a multi-patch process that we won't see until spring, until next season, because next patch is the patch where they buff all yeah. the melee ca champions, which is going to be a great patch if you're a spectator yep. and for Europe in general, because I uh, hate to break it to you, but we're still not that great at enchanters compared to Korea or the LPL. So yeah. nice of them I mean, to buff before we go to MSI. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah yes. no, we haven't seen any Caitlyn or Callista support or Twitch or, you know. I think we, yeah. I think that wheelhouse is something <laughs> that EU should not just, open. No, 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 I, just, I agree. I think, I, I think we stick to the Ash. Yeah, stick to the ash. Yeah, Simple one the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press R. Hail of Blades autos. Mm -hmm. You're fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're chilling. You can engage. Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting. So I think lucky oh, for also, us. Also, side note, shout out to little Brav. Man hit a lot of ash arrows this last weekend. Side note, we were just celebrating everybody else on the Yeah, team, also Trimby. Was it against Vitality? Perks was just pretty much unlocked. Um, yeah. Jack Spectre and Perks just playing catch. I, I feel like if this patch was a world's patch, you would be in trouble because, yeah. you know, you go to the LSK and LPL teams with like those Caitlyn lanes and stuff and yeah. we're, uh, God knows what happens. Yeah. It's either we find a solution and a band-aid or yeah. we just get smashed and try right. ourselves and suck. But I it's not. I think when you look at this, 13.1B is what it's called because of things. It's essentially 13.2, but 13.1B. When you look at this patch, I think overall expectations are Yumi dead and then small adjustments throughout. So maybe there are one or two champions that rise because they're counters to the new S tiers. But I think on paper, if you're a viewer, expect very little change in terms of overall meta. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Sech. Yeah, rise. Yeah. Rise. rise. Oh, yeah. Rise got nerfed. Yeah. Little, little hit there. Does so it, I mean, it, yeah, it, it matters, but I think still late game rises. Late game rises. Unreal. Actually, yeah, VTS rise the other day. It's just oh, that three v one. Oh yeah, yeah. The the outside around the, the Elder Drake. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's spooky, dude. Oh, this champion is so disgusting. Yeah, I'm excited though. It'll be I'm an interesting week. Too. The first best of threes in the LEC is that ever or for a long time? For least. a long time. And so we did best of twos and people hated it. Then we swapped to best of threes and we stopped doing that because nobody wanted to watch it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, you want to watch these best of threes. Sorry, old LEC. I'm not trying to... <laughs> steak, steak, steaks. Steak, steak, steaks. This mm -hmm. is actually absolute banger. Remember, it's double Alilim, uh group formats, GSL group. So lose two and you're out, win two and you're in. That's all that matters. Your favorite team just needs to win two best of threes. Vitality versus Team Heretics, X versus Koi, Mad versus Drawless, G2 versus BDS. Two groups, eight teams, only four can remain for playoffs. We've got, uh, yeah, two weeks of best of threes. Two weeks. So it's going to be... Saturday, Sunday, Monday, best of threes. Yep. Next Saturday, week, Sunday, Sunday, best, best of threes. threes. And then, and then Monday, Monday, best of five. Will be the first Already. best of five. Yeah. That's going to suck to play. But we'll talk about the next week on Euphoria. Any, any last words before we go, Swiffer? Anything you'd like to share, say to the SK fan base, to anybody? Um, I'm, I'm happy that like we've been a like a, a happy surprise, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue to try and do that, win, fa win fans over. It's, it's yeah. great. Every, every time we win, we get like three more fans it's fantastic um <laughs> does it so exponentially gonna, grow hopefully yeah hopefully that's, yeah. that's where we let's start with three percent growth oh three percent yeah win. okay yeah compound that's, interest yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're hoping for <laughs> anyway but yeah um we're just going to keep doing what we're doing uh hopefully we give you guys like good games and everything so yeah just 
Keep watching. SK Giga Chad. Yeah. SK, there it is. Top three, baby. Yeah, thanks again, Swiver, for coming on, sharing your set on the me. team and everything else. It was a pleasure to have you. Good luck in your series against Koi. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Make the upset fun. happen, dude. Live the dream. You're the Titans, yeah. not them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, as anticipated, we're going to win this one and then lose the next one, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going off what I said, not what he says when yeah. you're going to lose straight I, away. Well, I, yeah, yeah. 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 I said they're going to win and they were going to get there. Okay, yeah, yeah fine. All right, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know what we should do next time? What? We just put it opposite, so at least we can say one of us is right. Otherwise, there's going to be people Fist in the comments. That's, people yeah. in the comments are like, you stupid analyst, Life you always hack. get it wrong. That's yeah. right. But if we never get it wrong, we can always get it right. So <sighs> we'll just cut the, cut the tape. There has been euphoria. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next week with more episodes. And more importantly, we'll be back this weekend with best of threes. Tune in. You do not want to miss it.